Hello, welcome to another episode of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. In this podcast, we explore some of the little-known legends, stories, places, and rumors about the great Buckeye State. We're your hosts, Mike and Dan. So hide the keys, lock the doors, and turn down the lights. The next episode is about to begin. That music is so cool. I love that intro music. Hey, Dan, you know, while I'm thinking about it, we ought to thank Paula and Steve for having us do this every Wednesday night. Uh, they've given us a great opportunity. And um, I wanted to, before we get too into too many more episodes, I wanted to stop and thank them for uh, offering this great opportunity to us. So uh, thank you, Paula and Steve. Agreed. Thank you, Paula and Steve. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's a tough act to follow, but uh, hopefully we'll get there. And, and uh, anybody who, who listens to us, please go listen to Paula and Steve. They've got 500 plus episodes in their catalog. Great mysteries throughout Ohio. Great stories. Paula is a fantastic storyteller and, and Steve handles all the other engineering and technical stuff on that, on that podcast. And they both do a wonderful job. Hey, everyone. And welcome to another episode of Ohio Mysteries Back Roads. My name is Mike. That guy's name is Dan. And together, we're going to travel the back roads of Ohio to Milan. Is, is that the correct way to pronounce that city's name, Dan? That is the correct way. It is Milan, Ohio. Milan, Ohio. And you have a really cool story about a guy that just vanished into thin air. I do. We're going to talk tonight about the Mad Miller of Milan. And he just disappeared without a trace. He disappeared without a trace, never to be heard from again. Never to be seen again. Okay, this sounds great. I'm going to sit back, relax, and you have the floor. Take it away. Terrific. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. In tonight's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Mad Miller of Milan, Ohio. And the Mad Miller of Milan, Ohio, was a guy by the name of Sam Winchester. And Sam sounded like a pretty interesting guy. Uh, on October 2nd, 1855, Samuel Winchester of Milan made a successful balloon ascension from Norwalk before a large crowd. Now, Sam was an interesting guy. He was a little eccentric. He operated a grist mill in Milan. And a lot of people would come to him to have their flour, whatever they wanted, milled down. He had this grist mill in Milan. It provided him with a lot of money. He heard about this, all of a sudden, this balloon flight. And he became infatuated with this balloon flight to the point where he abandoned his business. He stopped the business. Now, to make this balloon fly, you needed hydrogen. And hydrogen is a highly flammable gas. But it's lighter than air, so it certainly would have floated uh, this balloon. He left the business to his brother named Timothy. So he focused on developing a lot of this hydrogen. And the way he did it, he broke down water. And the way you break down water is you add salt to water and then you hook up an electrical source. And so as the bubbles come to the top, you're going to have hydrogen bubbles. So it off gases hydrogen and oxygen. So if you have a way to trap this, and it could be simply putting a jar over the water. So as this hydrogen gas bubbles to the surface, 
And it's not like a huge amount. This takes a long time. So it took him a lot of long time to develop this hydrogen gas. And if you think about a balloon big enough to float him, you're talking about a lot of hydrogen gas that one guy is doing uh, by himself. Well, the problem with hydrogen gas, like I mentioned, it's highly explosive. So he accidentally burns down the mill. So now he doesn't even have a source of income. He's kind of blown all of his money on making this balloon, creating this hydrogen, and now he he just trashes, he burns down his mill. He has no other source of income. But he plows forward anyway. He tells the crowd, he announces to everybody, his neighbors, everybody in the neighborhood, guess what? We're going to fly. Okay, so Dan, where was he going? You know, Mike, believe it or not, he wasn't really sure. Maybe there was a romantic notion that he flew away to some far-off destination. He made a new life there. But the reality is probably different. When you're in a balloon, you're, you're at the whim of the weather. Wherever the wind is taking you, that's where you're going. You have no brakes. You have really no way to regulate your altitude. You're going where you're going. Clearly, there weren't the same obstacles that there today in terms of power lines or airplanes. You don't have to worry about that, obviously. Did he even know what he was doing then? He, to a certain extent, he did. He was capable enough to make hydrogen gas and get a balloon and inflate it. But that really seemed to be the extent of his knowledge. After that, he was just just going to go. And his first flight he attempted was from Milan, his hometown. But there was too much wind, or so he told the crowd. And there was news reporters there at the time. Well, the crowd wasn't happy about it. And they said that they attacked him and attacked his balloon. They tore apart his balloon just because he were, he couldn't fly. There was too much wind. So there was really no scientific evidence to say that there's too much wind, but he had to be smart enough and intuitive enough to know, hey, bad things are going to happen. Well, and he had to be a little frustrated and a little bit uh, disappointed in the way it kind of worked out. Okay, so he attempts the first flight in mile and it doesn't go well. So he's going to redo the flight, only he's going to find a what he terms a more acceptable place to take off and that's going to be in norwalk ohio norwalk is a little bit bigger than Milan, and he had more of a spectacle this time around he was a little bit disappointed at the crowd the last time but this time it was going to be showtime there was a local militia that was there to hold back the five thousand people that that were there a band played and a cannon near the courthouse boomed out good wishes as the Mad Miller of Milan, Sam Winchester, finally takes off in his balloon. He's waving to the crowd, and he's waving this American flag, and lo and behold, he ascends probably faster than he wanted to go, and the wind takes him away. In fact, it starts carrying him northwest, and as people wave and see him go away and recede into the distance... This is the last time anybody would ever see him alive again. Nobody knows what happened. So he drifts off in the air, and kind of the general consensus is that he went over Lake Erie. And similar to the, to the story we had about Lake Erie of the skydivers that unfortunately died in that tragic accident. So, so do we know how far he went? Now, a Cincinnati newspaper said that in a few days later, the wreckage of a balloon was sighted over that city with no signs of life. So interesting that they see the balloon, but Sam is nowhere to be found, if you believe that story. 
Now, there's also a story that he flew all the way to Canada, and some people think that he just went over the lake, crashed, and then that was it. There's a side note, though, that when he burned down the mill, he owed a lot of people a lot of money. So he was escaping the debts that awaited him back in Milan. So nobody really knows what happened, and that's kind of what contributes to the mystery of the Mad Miller of Milan. However, the Mad Miller's flight was not the first flight in the Milan area. As early as 1830, a grand balloon ascension was scheduled in the town of Norwalk. There was a man by the name of William James, and he was known as the celebrated firewalker of South Carolina. Well, he announced that he's going to take off from Norwalk, Ohio. And again, this is in 1830, so this is stretching way back. It was raining that day, so he unfortunately could not, but he did send up a small balloon with a ball of fire attached. So this, the heat from the fire made the balloon fly, and everybody oohed and hot, and nobody could believe it. And the newspaper never really did report if he ever made it up in the air in Norwalk, Ohio. And this is not an uncommon occurrence. When I researched some of the stories, you're going to find that sometimes the newspapers, you're going to have directly conflicting accounts or they don't follow up. You get a tantalizing lead and then you never figure out what happened. Yep. So it it, it can be frustrating, but it's it's kind of a cool story. Very cool story. I, I can't believe he had no control over that balloon. And that had to take some nerve just to get in a balloon. And this is technology. You don't, you have no idea what's going to happen. You're just flying thousands of feet up in the air. Anything could happen. Yeah. I mean, what didn't he have? He had to have a plan on how to come back down, wouldn't he? You'd think? You sure <laughs> would think. And maybe by those days, or maybe he didn't. Maybe he just thought, well, I don't know. It'll figure out on its own. Or maybe the balloon will deflate. He had to have some way to regulate it. Couldn't just poke a hole in the balloon. Or that, did, that wouldn't work. <laughs> did you ever see? Remember the guy that took off in the uh, the the lawn chair? Oh I yeah, think out in yeah, California, yeah. he had a BB gun that he right. would shoot the yeah, balloons yeah. off, and he went into air traffic, yeah. and it was this whole big thing. Wow! But another crazy story. But it's kind of the same spirit. Those guys probably were, you know, kind of, you know, think the same way, and would forget about it. We'll just come up with a harebrained scheme, and then we'll just figure it out as we go along. That's crazy. Crazy story. Now, there is a quick side note. Uh, some people think that somebody from Norwalk was the first person to invent powered flight. It wasn't the Wright brothers. And in 1843, there were three well-known Norwalk citizens, and they verified an affidavit that they had a machine that would fly through the air, propelling itself by means of wings, which were attached by springs. Now, they didn't really get a patent on it, and really that's the defining the defining moment. That says whether you invented it or not. Even if you truly did, if you don't have the patent, kind of like if you don't have video, it didn't happen. Right. Kind of the same story today. But it's kind of an interesting side note that, uh, that all of this aviation was occurring in this little town in Ohio. Yeah, that's a real interesting story. There were a lot of people that were in competition with the Wright brothers around the world. Weren't there? Absolutely correct. In Europe in particular, yeah. they they were very territorial about their flight. And at the time, America was kind of a new country. Right. And they couldn't believe that these upstart brothers from Ohio had developed this flight. And it's, it's a whole big fascinating story, the Wright brothers. So when the Wright brothers did it, they didn't tell anybody. They had a dispatch cabled to their father. And all it said was, we made the flight. Well, their father took it upon himself to tell the world. He took it down to a telegraph operator, and it really spread out all over. But he didn't really garner the headlines. 
It was just a side note in the back of a newspaper, hey, the Wright brothers flew. But nobody really understood the impact of it, obviously, until much, much later. Yeah, a lot of history here in aviation, Ohio. That's why we're on the back of that quarter with the, Absolutely <laughs> the astronauts right. and the airplane. And if you ever get a chance, the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base Museum is fascinating. It's a, it's a cool place, just from a museum standpoint. If you just want to take a step back in history, uh, it's, it's, a, it's well, worth your, well worth your time. Me, you and Dwayne are going to go there. <laughs> I look forward to it. It's an interesting story, and if you get a chance, go to the Milan Historical Society. They have a, a display there that talks all about Sam Winchester, the Mad Miller of Milan, and they're very helpful, and they'll tell you all about it. That's great. I just So another interesting side note to this balloonist, Sam Winchester, is there was another famous balloonist from Columbus named Cromwell Dixon. At the age of 19, he became the first person to fly an airplane across the Continental Divide. Now, it's not a balloon, but he was known as the air boy, the bird boy, the boy aviator. I think he did do balloons, though. I mean, when he was 14, he was dubbed the youngest aeronaut in the world when he won first prize in the International Balloon Race in St. Louis with his homemade, human-powered balloon he called the Sky Cycle. So that's it. So that's the, our episode for today. That's the Mad Miller of Milan. I hope you enjoy it and look forward to the next episode. Thanks. Great story. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to learn more about stories like this, make sure you check out the podcast Ohio Mysteries. They have a lot of excellent podcasts to choose from, everything from Missing People to the Moonville Tunnel. They have it all. Check out my partner Mike's facebook page at too late for autographs i can be found at north coast history and haunts on youtube thanks for listening thanks for listening that was another episode of ohio mysteries backroads stay tuned for more
The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siecla, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts.